Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show, Redemption Thursday. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Whether that's on 93.3, Real Talk, or on War Chant TV. Uh, if you're on the YouTube, yeah, that's where you are. Everything seems to go to YouTube these days. Everything. And that's good and bad. It's good and bad. It's bad because if you have so much of a whisper of a song in the background of your conversation, they're going to flag you. You're going to say, illegal, and then that's it. You're done. Unlike a podcast where you could, whatever, have songs played for the most part for a decent length of time. If we wanted to sample songs, we pretty much could. Somebody would probably tell on us, and then we'd get in trouble with the, I guess, the podcast police. I don't know police. what you're talking about. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, do you feel confident? I haven't asked you all week. Yeah, I think this. Not on the air, anyhow. I think this follows the script of a lot of the games after the bye week. They're not carbon copies, but they're close in terms of what is coming to town when the offense is on the field, when the defense is on the field. And when our defense is on the field, since the bye week, there is not a good offense on the other side of the field. And that includes Duke with Leonard. They are not a 35-point offense with that kid anyway. No, they're not. So it's about the defense setting the tone, reminding the opposing offense why they're terrible, and then whatever hodgepodge of guys we have on the offensive side, either on the line or at the skill positions for that given week, give them time to get into a groove, and then you'll put them away in the second half. I, I think this follows that form. Look at the amount of five-star athletes that are going to be in town for this Florida State-Miami game. Mm. What an opportunity. If there's any question about, you know, how badly Mike would maybe run this score up if given the opportunity – Think about that angle. Jeremiah Smith will be here. Yep. He's the number one prospect at the wide receiver position, currently a commit to Ohio State. You have wide receiver Cam Coleman. He's a Texas A&M commit. I would like to think you could easily sway him. Texas A&M's offense isn't any good. The program in disarray. 2025 wide receiver, five-star, who's currently an Alabama commit. Another wide receiver, Jamie French. Jaime French. I think it's Jamie. Yeah. Two Fs, too. It's a weird name to to see. Yeah, it is. You want to fix it, you know, I like do. as an editor. Well, every time I see it, I've done some recruiting edits for us. Like, yeah, you're like, oh, this is wrong. I, Are we sure about that? And then I look up his profile, and there it is, double F. The kid that I convinced to commit to Florida State and reclassify is going to be here. Armando Blunt will be here. You're welcome for that, everybody. I already got him. We're, we're secure with him. Secure, brought him from Miami, flipped it, reclassified. Zayden Walker. I'm talking to you, Zayden Walker. You're a 2025 linebacker. You're elite, and you will commit to Florida State Saturday when the clock strikes zero. 
We need linebackers. You fit the bill at 230 pounds being recruited by Georgia, Florida, Alabama, and us. Come on, kid. 230. Sounds like he could reclassify. That'd be great. That's a monster. Let's get on in here, Zayden. Look at the party in Tallahassee. Good times. Good people. I bet there's a deal that can be made for you once you've committed to Florida State. Battles Inn is an elite organization that finds opportunities for talented young men such as yourself. Perhaps a platter of Zaxby's chicken fingers could make this more interesting. And there's one of 137 locations in town for you to choose from. They'll build one in the common room of your dorm. Forget about it. You're eating platters every day if you want from our friends at Zaxby's. 18 plus years as a Golden Chief Booster, serving delicious food. Zayden, the time is now. He's uh, got the right letter to start his first name. That is correct. Charles Lester, who's already an FSU commit at defensive back, will be here as well. KJ Bolden. The kid we stole from Georgia, told him to suck it. He'll be here as well this weekend, a commit, and defensive back DJ Pickett. Now, I would like, if it were possible, to have 16 more linebackers in attendance for this game. 16. Okay, maybe 15. But we don't currently, so let's get on that. I don't know if it's Michael Langston's job to inform these kids that there's a game Saturday they should be at, but Michael, if you're listening – Let's get off our ass and get these kids in here. Let's get these linebackers rolling on over to the sideline. You know what I know? We need them. Desperately need them. So this is a fun weekend. There's a ton of guys. I mean, there are a lot of guys. Um, he wrote a piece. Go to warchant.com. You can read it. Uh, a lot of players on their way to Tallahassee for Florida State Miami. And we talked yesterday on the show. You always want to bury your, your rivals, but you really want to bury them if they're in the middle of recruiting pretty well with a young coach or a new coach, and they are. They're recruiting pretty well. Uh, a win over Florida State might boost up that recruiting a little bit. So you don't you don't want to give them any reason, any reason to believe at all. A lot of these kids are from South Florida, so they're kind of inclined to want Miami to be good. Um, let's let, remind them that they haven't been for 20 years, and they're still not. So sorry, it's a good time in your life to learn that many of your dreams are going to be shattered. Miami may never matter again, young man. Why would you want to have to go down there and go through the process of losing the way the last 20 years worth of Miami teams have lost? Why would you do that? Shattered dreams. Great finishing move in wrestling history by Gold Dust. That's what we're going to do. Shatter their dreams. <laughs> we're co-opting... Gold Dust's finishing move, are we? Well, if you knew what it looked like, <laughs> if you knew what it looked like, yeah, yeah, you would yeah, be yeah, 100% yeah. on board. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, again, you've got five stars flocking to Tallahassee. That's a really good thing. And let's uh, hold on tight and hope we get some commits this weekend after drubbing Miami. And then you got an opportunity at the end of the year going down to Gainesville showcasing the distance between those two programs as well. Let's roll Big River. I don't often talk about recruiting. Uh, I just know, obviously, like you all do, how important it is. And I do know that, for the most part, we as fans overrate what a singular game result means to a recruit, to a kid. But I think there are exceptions 
We've seen kids be on the sidelines for games in which Florida State manhandled Miami. Right before their eyes, just a year ago, 45-3, to and had kids think, eh, maybe not. Maybe not going to Miami. They don't always say yes to Florida State, but they say no to Miami in that situation. And the more of that we can accomplish, the better. Well, you combine that with the atmosphere. Like last year, the best part was that you delivered that beatdown, and all they could hear in that stadium was the war chant, for it is Seminole Hard Rock Stadium down there. And they couldn't feel the atmosphere of Miami fans because after the middle of the they first quarter, there. they were gone. They were gone. They were gone. That's gone. correct, yes. But they that were you out can committing crime. That you can have as you're in the third and fourth quarter of this weekend's game. The sun is already set. It's essentially a night half of football. It's gonna be dope. beautiful. It's gonna it's gonna be ideal, man. Weather's That's great. Be loud. Yep, this is – and then when the game is done, it's not the middle of the night where you got to go check into the hotel because you're leaving in the morning. That's that's the one benefit to the 3.30 kick is you wrap up around 7.30, 8 o'clock. By the time Mike Norvell breaks down the locker room, they uh, record their little cinematic recap, uh, address to the team, he talks to the media. You still have a good three, four hours to interact with these players one-on-one, and their ears will be ringing with the sound of Doe Campbell Stadium, assuming we do what we are supposed to do. This is a game that um... – when you when you take control of a Miami game, a Florida State Miami game, there's a there's a level of satisfaction in your fandom that you really don't experience in any other way, save for maybe when you do it against Florida. It's it's different, you know. Like when we seized control of the LSU game in the second half, it felt really good. It felt like a big game. There was a huge atmosphere. We knew the nation was watching. We knew how important it was to get that win, have it in our back pocket. The build up to that game all summer, we were over in Orlando early. You know, we did the pregame show. It was awesome out there with all the folks that uh, were walking around. We had a large audience. We had the meet and greet the day before. That was a lot of fun. So the moment meant a lot, but nothing approaches that feeling of gaining control of a football game against uh, a team that you absolutely hate. But moreover, more than your personal feelings about that program, what it could mean in recruiting. And, I, and that's why I bring it up in this opening segment of the second hour. Like, this is a big-ass weekend to, to kind of confirm suspicions here about the direction of these two programs. Yeah, and it's also it's confirming a trend if you could take care this month in this situation of these two teams. Because if Miami rolled into town undefeated and we were undefeated and it's a classic game when they lose, the recruits aren't going to jump ship because right. it would be their first loss of the season. It's on the road, no yeah, big deal. Yeah. I'm the difference. That's the pitch that Mario would get. You're the difference. We are right there. Look at how far we've come. But now Miami is staring 7-5 in the face, perhaps. Maybe 6-6 six and six if all goes wrong and they start to quit, as they typically well, do in November. When we beat them, they often quit. That would confirm the trend. Same thing down in Florida. You know, If they continue to stumble and, and they have to beat us for the right to go to a bowl, it's not that they were 9-2 and two and now they're 9-3. and three. Look how far <laughs> we've come. This is, they're 5-7 and seven after we beat them. If these two things yeah. play out yeah. the way that we hope they do, you're confirming something greater. Not beating them in a one-off, and they're this close, and they're this close. Right. It, so it's a much bigger message to deliver to recruits than just a one-off. It's a trend. Richard writes, In the past, I have felt that we could get beat by a surprisingly weaker team like Miami, but it just seems that the consistency Norvell has implemented is too good for that to happen. Am I crazy? No, I, I think you're right to note the consistency with which Florida State plays and the consistency of message from Norvell and staff. I think he's a very, very good motivator. I think he is a uh, checks all the boxes kind of guys, kind of guy in terms of preparation. 
But I would say you're not wrong to think that Miami, if you don't play well, could beat you. They could. They, they, they are capable. There are some teams on our schedule that are simply not capable of beating you if even if you played poorly. They're just not. They're, they don't have the athletes to go and make plays consistently even if you play poorly. You know, and you're in the wrong gap. Okay, well, some teams on this schedule, you're in the wrong gap. It's a first and ten. Some teams on this schedule, you're in the wrong gap. It's a touchdown. And Miami is one of the teams that if you're in the wrong gap, these running backs are good. And they can go to the house. Now, you you could you could give up huge chunks of yardage, if not a house call, if you play poorly and you miss an assignment or you get juked in the open field or yeah, something like that. I mean, like that that can happen. They got like four of them that can do they that. They do. So yeah. they, they're they not devoid of playmakers. Some teams we've played are devoid of playmakers. They just don't. Duke doesn't have it on offense. They don't have playmakers on offense. We were in the wrong gap, and we got held. And yeah, There did, were all kinds yeah, of opportunities yeah. for Duke to put up a bigger number, but they didn't. They really haven't all year long. They've struggled to score points because they don't have playmakers. they got a good quarterback, but he's hurt. So, you know, that's your situation. They're good defense. They want to run the ball. They want to bludgeon you. They want to shorten the game. But they don't have the guys that, when you make a mistake, are going to the house. But Miami does, and Florida does too. ATN's good, really good. He's not his brother good, but he's good. And so you're going to have to play well, and you're going to have to play smart, and you're going to have to be physical. I don't think that they'll show up ill-prepared. I don't think they're going to be uh, – obviously, they're not going to – it's a rivalry game. It's Miami. It's this game. I mean, this is it. This is And Mike, one of the things I love about Mike, we say it all the time, but it bears repeating because of Richard's question. Mike views rivalry games – set apart from other games. He doesn't pretend that they're just another game. He pulls them aside, sets them apart, holds them up high, and says, this game means more than that game. And he's not wrong, and I love it, because, I mean, for years, coaches love to tell you nonsense about, it's just another game. we got to worry about us and prepare the way that we've always prepared. And, you know, I get that for the fans, it's a lot of fun. And for the fans, the vitriol is real. And I get the tradition of this game, but for us, it's just about preparation and and making sure that we're doing what we're – no, Mike doesn't do that. Of course those things are true. It's always about executing at a high level. It's always about being prepared, understanding your assignments. That's true of every football game, but you can put – certain games are are much more important in terms of the result of that game has a greater impact on the long-term health of your program. And this is one of them. The fewest points. It matters where it takes place, too. Like, I get it. Last year's game was at a neutral site down there. We never play a road game, really. They're mostly neutral (laughs) sites. But that it's home. This season, the lowest offensive point total that we put together at home is what? What do you think, if you're going to guess off the top of your head? Oh, for us at home? Yep. Well, if I quickly went through the games, I would remember. But uh, the lowest point total at home is Duke. Oh yeah, yeah. So 38. thirty-one. Thirty-eight. Was that thirty-eight? Yeah, we got. Yeah, That's we had right. Little, we got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we could have kept going if there yeah. was another quarter. We might have scored yeah, sixty. Yeah, yeah. Thirty-eight points is the fewest we put together at home this season, and that matters because in that game you're trailing yeah. after three quarters. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah, you score trailing in the fourth quarter. Yeah, twenty-one points in the fourth quarter of that game. It's twenty seventeen after three. It's just something about that game has given me a different level of confidence at Doke. Maybe it's like how you felt in the old days, uh, 14 straight years of being in the top four for yeah. a brief moment there yeah. for 29 straight. But even 2014, 
part of that 29 straight, we played close games at home just the same. Yeah. We, so I haven't we, had this invincibility feeling at Doak, and I'm not going to go quite that far because that's how you jinx things. But we're down 20 to 17, and the way the game had played out entering the fourth quarter, I felt okay. I was like, we're going to be all right. Oh, well, yeah. We may we, win yeah. by four, but we could also run away with this thing. Like, we're going to be thought, okay. I thought Duke looked gassed. That long drive against well, Duke changed everything. And just the building. You could feel it. There's a little something to it. And the extra juice that it gives you, man, it makes all the difference. Yeah. For college our, kids. And and you've got North Alabama next week. Like, just everything about air airing it out. it out. Air it out. 38 against Duke, 41 against Syracuse, 39 against Virginia Tech, 66 against Southern Miss, your score totals for the season at Doe Campbell Stadium. I always, now last week obviously we didn't get there on the road against Pitt in a 24-7 win, but I always, for gambling purposes or any other, take Florida State over 30 points. Mike can roll out of bed and score 30 points on yeah, most people. He chose not to last week. Well, in two he ways. Could, he could have scored at the end of the game, obviously, and gotten into the 30s. He he chose to be a class act. And then also, you know, the other reason he didn't score 30 was the entire wide receiver core was absent. So <laughs> We got a chance to break that barrier early in the fourth. He's like, hey, you know what? We haven't run that flea flicker. Yeah, I'll bet that'll work. I don't know why he did that. Can you be setting something up with a failed trick play before the game? Like, if we run some variety of the flea flicker that's not the flea flicker, and then hit it. you're going to say, well, well how about a- that? Mike was setting it up. He had to chess. show it to Miami. He wanted to fail with, on purpose. Well, let me tell you something. I don't know that he wanted to fail on purpose, but he wasn't worried if he did. Right. I will say yeah. this. I wouldn't put it past Mike. Mike sets up things games in advance. I've seen plays come back around where you're like, oh, he ran that three weeks ago and then put this wrinkle in. This is sweet. I mean, he's done that a lot of times. A lot of the stuff with the tight ends. Yeah. They still haven't run one particular thing with the tight end from camp. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. There's two plays that I keep waiting for him to run that I saw in camp that I'm like, come on now, let's break it out. He hasn't felt the need. He may break it out in the playoffs. Is it the Philly special? (laughs) No. <laughs> Last year, how many times do you think they ran that play in camp? The Knoll special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 20? Yeah, at least. I was going to say 15, yeah. By the 10th time, the defense is just waiting. They're like, come on. They're man. going to a landmark yeah. of where the We know exactly goes. where it's going to be. <laughs> it's Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hey seminoles we all know how important it is to score in the red zone but are you prepared for success in the retirement red zone Five years leading up to your retirement date and the immediate five years after are a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family. And our friend and fellow Noel, Adam Tolliver, and his team at Artisan Financial Strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us, well, we're at midfield and want to plan ahead. Others are ready to punch it in on the goal line. Whether making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money, 
Protecting yourself and your family against rising health care costs or carefully planning your legacy, the Artisan Team brings a combined 30-plus years of planning experience and world-class resources to help you navigate the way. For more information, just head over to KnollRetirement.com. Now, that's one word, KnollRetirement.com. Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Uh, real quick, before we get to solving the future and our friends at ISF, I want to uh, run down those picks again. Somebody just asked, so there they are. It'll pop them up on the screen for you. Wagers uh, look like that. Louisville, minus 20.5. Michigan, minus 4.5. Alabama, minus 11. Nebraska on the money line. Arkansas, minus 2. Georgia, minus 10.5. Houston, minus 2.5. UNC, minus 14.5. Our beloved Knowles, minus 14, and NC State, minus two and a half. So, good times. Hopefully we win every one of those picks. 10-0. Ten-way parlay. Come on now. <laughs> two bones. Just put two bucks on it. I need to go back to uh, some player props. I, I I was one and one the last time I did player props on the show, I think, or one and two, maybe. One and two. I think I had a losing record. First time, second time this year. Had uh, a stretch of nine straight weeks with successful player props. That I've never done that before. You don't know the numbers, so it's impossible to take a look at it and and offer a blind wager. But if you were going to play a Florida State offensive player this weekend, if you're going to look for a total, tell the story of the game. You know how that goes. What player are you looking at first? What category are you looking at? Jordan first? Travis, and I'm looking at passing yardage. At passing yardage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Jordan Travis, and I'm looking at passing yardage. I, I think Jordan's got to have a good game here. This is another Jordan game. He just changes everything that we are when he's playing well. He he converts on third down. Uh, he can he can hurt you with his legs. Uh, I'd be very interested. I have not seen – I just pulled up prize picks here. I'm going to guess 267 and a half. Well, I nailed it last week. You did. You got it right on the nose. I pulled up prize picks just now to see – what they have his total at, and they don't have him. They don't have him right now for, oh, okay, here we go. Let me find just passing, uh, passing touchdowns. No, I need passing yardage, damn it. Um, let's do let's do a little, let's have a little fun with this. How about pass plus rush yards? For, let's see if they have Jordan Travis there. Because if, if they don't have the pass yards, I'd be they, surprised. Yeah, they don't have the pass yards, buddy. I might be able to find it on DraftKings. Yeah, you can look on DraftKings. But anyhow, um, I would all you could always figure out the way they think the game is going to go by looking at one of our receivers. Let's see if they have one of our receivers here in the uh, <clears throat> my guess would be no, this might all be related because they don't know the status of the receivers. They might turn Jordan that is, off. They've turned off. We have no receivers in this week's prize picks right now either. So they don't know the status of these guys. Would have been nice to see Keon Coleman, uh, 84 and a half there because then you know that they think very confidently that Keon would play. It would be awesome to see that. I am waiting for that moment, buddy. I, I'm um, just that's the first thing we're all going to do, right? When we get to the uh, game, you're going to say, "All right, who's warming up? 
Now, we'll be at Hotel Indigo, and we will probably hear from our guys in the stadium before we ever make our way over to the stadium because we'll be on the roof at the Hotel Indigo. The pregame show begins at 12.30, kickoff obviously 3.30. Swing on by, have some fun with us. There's food, there's drinks. It's as good a a view of uh, the proceedings as you're going to have. A lot of fun. Pre-game, 12.30, Hotel Indigo. And then, obviously, we'll have the post-game with Tom and Gene. And that goes 10 to 15 minutes following the game. Uh, Robert writes, I was watching clips of Miami at NC State. How would you compare our defense compared to the Wolfpacks? That's, we're close, but how about the eye test? I like NC State's defense quite a bit. I think they have better linebacker play. Um, but I, I just I think NC State, they live and die with their defense. Um but I th- it's fairly comparable. Yeah, in terms of um, the totals, yes. NC State has a lot more three-man fronts, and they do a lot That's more correct. mixed stuff. Yeah. So, like, if you're talking oh, about – Oh, he, he's not talking scheme. I think he's just talking about what do we think of our oh, overall okay. – Well, the scheme's different. They, they arrive at I their mean. place differently than we do. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. So, it's not this – like, they couldn't install for us by playing NC State. There are times we play an opponent, and the next we, week's we opponent – We were some 4-3 last week. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. We had, uh, I believe somebody was in the wrong gap on that play. I think so, too. <laughs> Get so tired. There are times where we play an opponent, you're like, oh, what a great defense to warm up for, you know, the big opponent. It's like, right. You can just run what you run. Isn't that wonderful? But this was not the case for Miami. Very different things. Yeah, very different things. Um, again, when we talk about what these two teams are and what Florida State is and is not, uh, there are areas where uh, if we're just talking about total plays per game, you start that. They average 66 plays a game. We average 65. <laughs> so the same pace. Uh, we are, in terms of total EPA uh, uh, on offense, a top 15 offense. We are number 14. They are number 65. If you go EPA per play, we're also top 15. We're number 14. They're number 63. If you go success rate, they are the 49th rated offense in the country. We are the 29th rated offense in the country. Uh, if you, again, I guess we should make this a solving the future, my friend. I mean, we can you can kind of get in here and talk yeah. about the nuts and bolts of what the teams are with our friends at ISF and uh, – yeah, I, I think we can spin this into exactly what we want it to be, buddy, because I, I I said earlier in the show when we were talking about, you know, kind of solving for the future, I thought this was a third down game. You know, I thought this was a yeah. game, and, and, and I think some of these numbers uh, play out that way. Uh, they kind of show, show you that Florida State can easily get behind the chains against Miami because their front's good. Yeah, I think this is a, a chicken game before the snap, too. Miami doesn't like to show what they're doing until late, and Jordan will wait until there's five seconds to go to, to actually snap the ball. And we'll do three, you know, false. Clappity little, claps. Yeah, so you could see if there's any kind of tell. Man, I feel so bad for our offensive linemen watching that every yep. week. I mean, that's hard to do, to ask them to sit in a stance for, you know, 25, 20. You just go on and on. The seconds are clicking off. You're like, that poor fat ass is having to sit in that stance. And they don't ever take a rest either. There are some offenses oh, where yeah, they, the linemen will stretch. Like, no, we, we, we stay locked in. We stay in. locked we in. We stay locked in. It's tough. So that's part of I think it's a throw on first down 
game. Well, like I've more, said this all year More long. than typical, though. More than typical. Because it's a it, neutral down. You should always throw on first down if you have an efficient passing game, and we do. But if they want to play pressure, then it's just quick outlets. Like Joe just gave us a, another donation. Thank, Thank you very you, much, Joe, yeah. with, via the super sticker. But he's asking the question, is this a game where Jordan runs for 100 yards because he's gashed them the last couple of years? And the answer is with their pressures, it's more like you give him the option to, but if he's got a quick outlet, take the outlet. You know, that's where he's got to be on the same page with his receivers, and it would help to have veteran receivers who you trust. you got to trust who's out there. If you think they're going to hitch you know, because there's pressure, they're going to see it, and then they'll do it instead of a younger kid who might not know that, oh, Miami's bringing six, I need to do this instead of what the play would call well, for. Well, you've got to trust receivers in these option routes, and you've got to know that you know they're seeing what you're seeing. You know, it starts with the safety, but they got you. You got to know yeah. that they see what you see and 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 be in the right spot. That's when you see. You know, I, I tell my kids this sometimes. Like, we'll watch an NFL game, and you'll see a quarterback make a throw, and when the camera pans, you know, it's right to a defensive back, and there's no offensive player in the picture. And my youngest son, because he's still learning the game and the sophistication of the game, will go. What the hell? Why would you throw that? I'm like, well, that a receiver either fell down or that's a miscommunication. There was a check with me that went wrong, or it's an option route and he read the wrong thing. Could be on the quarterback, could be on the receiver. I don't know. I'm not in their film room. I'm not in their install, but somebody did something that obviously that's a miscommunication. If Miami plays it straight up, I like Tony's comment here because he says quick game out wide. Yeah. And the reason I like that is because a lot of times you say pressure, just throw a quick slant. Well, well, hang on now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Miami will show you six or seven at the line of scrimmage, yeah, and they'll drop two, and they'll drop. hunt for one. Yeah, they'll hunt, and for they'll one. hunt yeah. for a quick. I've quick. seen them get oh, to man, like just handed to them basically. They missed one against May. Yeah, you know, in yes, the second half of yes, that ball game. Yeah. So yeah, that that would be the thing. Quick game out wide. This is why I think falling into the Jakai thing last week is a, it's good. Oh, it's, it gives it's you well a third. Timed. It certainly gives you a th- another option. I would. Much rather have a very healthy Destin Hill in that role, but it's probably not going to be. It probably isn't. He was limping all over the place last week. You think about a couple of the throws they made against Wake Forest, two and third and short to Jaheim Bell. It's just a little out, whatever you want to call it, but it's blocked up. It's a screen because they're actively blocking down the field as he's catching the ball yard behind the line of scrimmage, but that's how we converted on a couple third and yeah. shorts. Yeah. That's a player I'm sure you're much more in favor of giving the ball to in the quick game. In the quick game, absolutely I'm in favor of that. That's an inside out instead of straight out wide. You can do that with the backs. Yes, you can. How the screen marries with the pressures, though, is interesting because that can blow up in your face with pressure. It can. can can, If you call it at the right time, it could also be an 80-yard touchdown. It could. <laughs> see see what Benson does. I would imagine their game, though, with their safeties, like 20, the six foot five kid. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that's uh, one hell of an athlete. But if you're going to take an angle maybe towards the back in that situation, it's just the cat. There's a lot of cat and mouse when we have the football. The hope is that the air is out of their sails because their offense is so bad that whatever, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what we do on defense because our offense sucks. That's what you're, you're hoping for, that Miami kind of cancerous sideline thing that happens so often. ISF is an IT and strategy firm. They have been for uh, more than 40 years. They've been serving state government and business clients across the nation. They're experts in the government processes. They've worked with government agencies across the country. As I said, they've unmatched experience developing strategies, evaluating, refining processes. They can help you realize your dreams. They collaborate. Worked in 18 states for state and local agencies, serving millions of citizens. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. And we'll continue to solve for the future right now because I think, Tom, getting back to the quick game, this is where having a healthy Johnny Wilson is absolutely a must if you're going to employ it. 
because that's a blocking fool, and he's a massive individual, and he takes pride in it. He's good at it. Keon's come to it. He's, he does it as well. We've got – if Portier's healthy, he'll do it. He's healthy enough to block right now. Right. And he did that a little bit last week, which yeah. we talked about. We'll, yeah. we'll watch where he lines up because that might be the quick game spot. He's not healthy enough clearly to be a downfield threat, but to block, yes. If he could get Hakeem back, I don't oh, know if that's possible. Buddy. But he's a hell of a blocker well, He too. loves to block, and he's a big, strong kid. But I want him there because of his versatility. He's also – we were starting to go to Hakeem before the injury. If you just look at Akeem's numbers, you're going to go, well, he hasn't really done much. I, I got it. But remember, this is a kid who's a true freshman, came into that camp in spring overweight, got here and obviously came back in the fall having lost the weight, looked good, but still has to get up to speed and was starting to do that. Obviously, we saw the electrifying touchdown run against an overmatched opponent, but it was still not about the opponent. It was about the speed, uh, the stop-start, the wiggle, all of that at that size. But I thought the most important play for him is not that play. It was the third down conversion where we went to him on the right side, over by the sideline. That was a huge play, and it showed a level of trust that he had gained from Jordan Travis. So He felt the weight of that moment, the way he caught the ball. You could tell he's like, ooh, this is a big play. It's kind of important, yeah. But he caught it. He's got giant hands, so you can overcome sort of the fundamental mistake that he was making there. But I, I feel like he was on the cusp of taking off the real... Bummer, for lack of a better term. The the real bummer of the last two weeks, not having a healthy receiving core, isn't that you didn't have Keon last week, which wasn't ideal. Isn't that you didn't have Johnny Wilson the last two weeks, isn't ideal. It's that you didn't have a healthy Hakeem or a healthy Destin. Because those two individuals, I have a suspicion, would have lit it up. They would have been go-to guys. Hakeem certainly, I think, would have been. You didn't have a healthy portier either. He would have gotten more reps. You didn't, you didn't have yeah. it. Yes. I mean, that it's it's so frustrating. You didn't have a healthy deuce span. So think about that. You These are guys that would have had chances to be primaries. They could have been guys that had, you know, a focus on them, and they didn't get those reps. And so, you know, as the other guys come back, you want those guys back, but – now those guys are a little less in the spotlight. They don't get that opportunity. The killer is with Deuce, you know, if you want to talk about that one, because we've documented the other guys where it's just there's an opportunity and you can't take advantage of it. But you can see how Deuce plays with so much more confidence across the board now since he returned that kick for a touchdown against uh, Duke. And you can feel it in the way that he plays. Yeah. He's running with conviction. Well, I would love to have seen him get on the field as a wide receiver with that type of conviction because it's contagious. We talk often about how in history of, of our program or, or in sports with with football, if you are pressed into punt return work and you're bad at it, it can affect everything it can else. Affect everything else. Yeah. Your your bat, you know, at the plate, if you're in a slump, affects your defense yeah, and baseball. It can. Like one thing can affect the other. Man, Deuce had confidence that was spilling over the top of the bucket. I would love to have seen what that would look like. Hopefully he's healthy. Because that's another guy that can add a wrinkle, or if you're well, talking about dialing up gadgets, he's well, right there. Well, also special teams. I mean, good Lord, you talk about how quickly they were becoming elite. Finally, they practiced at 87 hours a day. Yeah. You thought eventually we'd see something there, and you know, Deuce was starting to make a huge difference in the kickoff return game. You hold your breath when he crosses the 20 every time at this point. Because he oh, can go, man. and Keon Coleman obviously is a difference maker once he decided, you know what, I'm going to be good at returning punts. I'm going to do this thing. Good for him. He suddenly, his confidence soared and he made plays. 
We clearly don't have anybody behind him who can do it. Nobody. That's a travesty, too. Well, it's it's annoying. But every time I watch it, I'm like, well, just get away from the ball because you're going to F this up, so just move. That's a terrible way to go out and be a punt yeah, returner. Might as well just take uh, you, the what, gunner's what, head off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like just don't yeah. put anybody back there. Just block it up. <laughs> go good shit. Try to block it. It's ridiculous. ISF, thank you. We love partnering with you. You will, too. Their expertise is going to help solve the future for you through strategy, process, technology. They collaborate. Make it happen. Make sure you check them out. ISF.com. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3. Real Talk Radio and Warchan TV continues in a moment. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. to know is Miami's offensive line the best FSU has faced this year no they are not uh, I think LSU's offensive line is better than Miami's offensive line would you agree with that yeah probably I think this offensive line is solid but their pass protection is a problem. That's why I I yeah. denigrate them a little bit because they've they've had a hard time with that. Um, Although LSU didn't block up the run well at all in week one, at all. We stopped the traditional run. Like we also yeah. played probably our best game against the traditional run that we've played this year against them. Yeah, I mean good. we we bottled that up and said get you some. Yeah, there was some serious passion on the field that night. Yeah. yeah. So I mean. Um, well, Fisk owned. I mean, like, so the first quarter of that game, they realized we've got a double 55. And then it went elsewhere. Peyton made some plays. So they chipped Jared. They doubled Braden. And then Peyton made some plays on his own. Although Braden played really, really well for having just one tackle for loss slash one sack last week. He was a force at Pitt. Yeah, and you saw it. You saw the uh, the way that they had to deal with him. He was forever crashing the party. He was, yeah. Yeah, he was really good. He's been good all year. That's a great matchup, though. Our interior against Cohen, the left guard from Alabama. That's a great matchup. Well, to that watch kid's this a weekend. stud. Yeah. The defensive line's got a lot of responsibility moving forward because Florida has a huge offensive line too. It's, I'm not saying it's great, but it's not bad, and they, and they're big. So th- this off this defensive line's got a lot of responsibility because we're a little, um, kind of boomer bust on offense. So there's stretches where you don't. You're not doing anything, and you got to get stops so that you don't get buried. And so, and they also got to get the ball back to us so we can get into that rhythm that you see Mike get into at least once a game. The thing I see a lot from our defensive interior that makes me smile is pursuit mm. of plays that are well down the field. You see Farmer 44, Fisk 55 all the time in your picture. Yeah, because they, they play hard. They, they play do. hard for this yeah. coaching staff, they play hard for one another. Um, I just I feel like um, it could be 15 yards downfield, and it's like a play where we miss several tackles, and they're rallying, and they might not make the play, but you're saying that's what you do. If you're especially if you're going to rotate this much, well, you better you run better, your ass off. You it's ridiculous. Go. It's ridiculous. We rotate well beyond what we should. 
It drives me nuts, but what am I going to do? I mean, they're making plays. and It could serve you against an offensive line like this in the second half of the game. It could absolutely do that. And you play nine in a row post-bye. That's part of it. I don't know the answer to this question, so I'm going to ask you. Oh. Do you think – Do you think? Uh, I, well, first of all, what do we think the offensive line looks like this week? Oh, God. Um, so, I'm going to guess Maurice Smith center. Mm-hmm. I think Bless Harris is going to play and play well. And so, I'm apt to put him at left tackle because I think Byers will be your right tackle. Don't look now. But one of the one of the things that stood out when I went back and reviewed Florida State's offense because I there were certain things I wanted to look at that we ran against Pitt, and I've got to tell you, Byers had a good game. Oh, all right. I'd kind of give it in what facet he was physical and yep. he and he was and that will serve him well against Miami because that's physical. Wow. Like he, that's the one thing he can be. He's he a can dense draw Bain, big. Though. He's. Oh, no, Bain's going to beat whoever we have out there. But I'm saying, I mean, you're going to have to help him. You're going to have to chip. Yeah. But but I'm saying, like, I, the one thing I think that Jeremiah Byers can do is be physical. That's why he should be the interior. Yeah. yeah. You don't have enough tackles, I guess. Also, we can we can say that, but at no point has he been in the interior. So, no, so I, they clearly aren't ever going to put him there. Maybe next year he's got another year. Yeah. I, so in camp, this was my theory. This I had him in the top ten, maybe top six. We or all thought he was going to be a vital. Well, he's been important. I mean, he plays. But I thought he was going to be our best offensive lineman because he's so athletic and it profiles perfectly for what we want to do in the interior. Yeah. Then again, you watch him pull with counter, and it's not a pretty thing. It's not. No, it, and it's crazy for somebody who's that athletic. But there was one rep when they were going one-on-one pass rush drills in camp, and the statute of limitations has to be gone because he's not playing guard. So he was about to line up at guard. Like he and moved you got in. your hopes up. I was like, oh, there we go. Here it is. Let's They're switching because it was yeah. about the week before LSU. I'm like, it's Jazz turn of time again. Here we go. And then somebody tapped him on the shoulder. might have been like a Kayshawn Sapp. Or might, somebody back him. They tapped mm-hmm. him on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. He came out, and he goes, damn. And I said the same. I was like, I, I agree with you, Jeremiah. Damn. I just want to see it. But it never happened. So, of all the newcomers, of all the guys that we brought in, either as freshmen, true recruits, or as transfer portal guys, so that would be Hakeem Williams, that would be Destin Hill, uh, that would be Keon Coleman, obviously. It'd be the tight ends, not named Mark Easton. Um, And it would be the offensive linemen in the form of Jeremiah Byers, in the form of Casey Roddick, Keandre Jones. Keandre is good in a spell each game. There are moments. When it's it's straight ahead, that's good stuff. He's better than Casey Roddick. I wonder what they're going to do at left guard this game. Casey got pulled for Duke. I would start Keandre Jones if I had to. Play him at right, played Meech at left, and rotate in Darius at left. Meech has had a tough go, man. You could air it out with Darius this weekend. I too. love Darius. He's the most improved offensive lineman we have. He needs to play. If he's yeah, I mean he played last week. He needs to play. He's got to be a, a starter. He's a starter. I think he would be in the playoff. Put it that way. Well, I'd do, you're I, not worried I'd do about. It. I mean, I think yeah, you're playing a long do, game. Here. But I would do it here. That's a good yeah. defensive front. Yeah. I would do it here. So this has got to be Maurice Smith. They'll probably start Casey, but I think he gets pulled. Meach will be the other guard. He hasn't been good. That's always a committee on the right side, though. But but bless. I think you can do bless and Myers as your two tackles. Byers, yeah. Byers, excuse me, as your two tackles. And I know somebody's gonna say, "What about Robert Scott?" Well, uh, man, I don't know. He, he he's ever 
you know I'm at my wit's end about this. He plays, but he gets hurt, and then he's well, out, and he's. That's why when you asked the question, I didn't say his name. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't do it. I was trying to. You keep might as you. well. At this point, I feel like you should just sit him. What's the point of playing him twenty plays? What? Why? The handle's not a runway to take off from, man. That's why I was trying to stay away from it. I was just, just, anyhow, like the domestic abuser Mayweather. Just keep him, <laughs> keep him at a distance. <laughs> uh, he could, he could be twenty to thirty snaps. This what's weekend. the point? What's the point of that? Because he's not bad for those twenty to thirty snaps. It's not getting better. It's the whatever they're trying to do is not working. At some point, he's got to play 50, 60 snaps. He's got to be able to play. They're like, oh, go out there and run 15. <laughs> Anyhow. That's how we piece it together, baby. I don't, I don't want to piece it together anymore. Let's go. We run 60 plays a game. That's a quarter of the game. Oh, man. Gilbert Edmond, Braden Fisk, Finn Charles Cypress, all the newcomers. I'm adding all the newcomers here. Yeah. Um, would we say that Braden Fisk has had, other than Keon Coleman, obviously, had the biggest impact? Oh, okay. I didn't realize that that was the question. Um, outside of Keon Coleman. Yeah, Keon's the obvious answer. I mean, yeah. I, we, we couldn't even ask this question if you, if you're just saying name one, well, we're done here. Keon Coleman is the answer. Yeah, it's probably Braden. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, we yeah. don't think about it, but it, it probably is, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Jaheim Bell's up there, but I think because Jaheim hasn't been a target and yardage machine, you might want to go with Braden. Yeah. Jaheim's interesting, man. He's not a real tight end. You know, he's he's uh, he's a slot receiver in a way. It's modern offensive tight end. I mean, yeah. H-back sort of. He's okay at blocking. Yeah, He's, he's okay at blocking. He's, I think he's, been, he's uh, okay. He's another guy who's dinged for a while. I know. I, think. I know. I agree with you. But he, no, what I'm saying is he's kind of a – Swiss Army knife kind of guy. He's not really a true tight end. No, he's probably more of an H back. I mean, Morlock and Biscuit are more tight end than than he is. Morlock is is a pretty good block. He's got a lot better yeah. blocking, a yeah. lot better blocking, and and that's good because that's going to make him money in the NFL because he's got to get better at it. He's a very good receiver. And we already know that. I'm glad Biscuit got off the schneid with the unbalanced score last. I'm week. happy for Biscuit. Biscuit's been a real good player for us for some time. Had a great camp. He did have a great camp. <laughs> They're like, well, you know what they see. Though. They go, they, I don't believe you. I'm going with Morlock. Here's the deal. They know that long-term as a passing weapon, Morlock is the better option, and they wanted to get him up to speed because they knew they only had him two years. They have him this year and next, and that's it. And so they knew, all right, if it's even, we're taking him. If it's slightly more Biscuit, we're yeah. taking Morlock. And it was. And it was. I would, but but Morlock, you know, is a much greater threat down the field, and so oh I mean, for sure, yeah. So I mean, they they wanted an extra. No, it's not Cypress, Jamie. I I said him. It's not him. He's been butt ass average. Been okay. That's what I said. I feel like that's better than butt ass average. I think he's butt ass average. <laughs> he's okay. Same thing. <laughs> You don't. I mean, you complain about him every once in a while, but you're not like, "What a liability this guy well, is." No, he's not. Ki- he's not killing us. He's just not. He's not a difference maker. He's just what he is. Good work out of you, sir. Good work, Director Matthew. Be well, everybody. Have a great rest of your night. Back tomorrow for Libations Friday. Peace.